that Jesus died for. Amen. It's still one of the greatest places to go. It's better than a coffee, uh, coffee shop. Or it's better than a deer club. It's better than a golf club. But it's a living place where your life can be changed. Amen. Look what he says in verse 30. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and would stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But he says, I found no one. Heavenly Father, I pray that we'll be the church that will stand in that gap. That we'll have men and women in this church and families that will stand in the gap for you. You're looking for a church. You're looking for a church body. Just a, a group of believers that will stand in the gap for you so you can work on their behalf. So you can work your will and express your will and purpose and plan out through that church body. Lord, I, I pray that we'll continue to be that church body, that you'll work through us. That when people walk in these front doors, Lord, I, I don't care how what they see the beautiful building. I, I don't want them to look at the building. I don't care to see how they look like how we're dressed. I, I'm not worried about how we're dressed. But Lord, the most important thing is when we leave here, that people know they've been in the presence of the Almighty God. And He has spoke to their hearts and and maybe lift the burden and give them peace. Lord, that's what the church is about. It's not so much about the outside, but what is on the inside. We are the church. Heavenly Father, just have your way in the service, Lord. Just convict us of the church, Father, to be what you want us to be. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. See, God's calling us this morning not just to... Uh, Give a little on Sunday, but to be all in and to be a church body is you've got to live in the church seven days a week. Because when we leave here, Pleasant Hill's body, the church is going out in the world. Amen. Pleasant Hill is everywhere during the week. And so God was calling to Ezekiel. I need a man to stand in the gap. And, and, and I think today, God more than ever is looking for the church to stand in the gap. We've got so many, our families are in chaos today in this world. Our governments are in chaos. Look at the world news of all the, just everything that's going on. It looks like the devil has the upper hand, amen? He is the prince of this world. He does have dominion rule over this world. But God Almighty, listen, even, even Satan himself one day will kneel, will kneel at the, and every knee shall bow, and he will have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, amen? So he, he has free time here, and, and the devil's going to destroy and create chaos and do what he can do to break up anything that is godly. He's going to do anything he can do this morning to break up your godly family. Because some of you have started coming to church here, and you're really starting to grow, and, and you're starting to get plugged into church. Believe me, the devil is trying, he, he'll do what he can do to tear that apart. Some of y'all may be just married very shortly. We got some folks in this church that are going to be married because I got weddings coming up. I already got them on my calendar. They're coming. And there's some of us that have been here been married 20 years. Some have been married 30. Some have been married 40. Some have been married 50. We got some of them been married over 60. And then Bill and Polly, they've been married over 60 years. It doesn't matter. We always have to be on guard. God is looking for a church. You know, let's look at the church about it. God is breaking ha- I mean, the devil is breaking habit in the church. It was so refreshing to go speak yesterday and or Friday night and Saturday morning at a church that was on fire and excited. It's going when I come in to preach, they're like, who is this nuts? This is who us. Amen? 
It was so nice to go into a church that was ready, that was on fire to accept what the Word of God was, and they were as passionate about God as I was when I was speaking. That's the greatest place in the world to be, because a lot of churches I go into, they're going, man, who is this crazy nut that they come and got to speak for us today? He's all excited about Jesus doing this, and we're calm, man. Hey, God's not calling for none of us to be calm. As a child of God, He won't, He expects us to be passionate and be on fire for Jesus. And so that's why He's wreaking havoc in the church, because, listen, the church is getting real casual and just apathetic. The church is, is, is just, you know, there's no excitement. There's no fight. I mean, more people, I'm excited to be in church. Amen? I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I was so excited to preach this morning. I had, I was wondering why people were asking me this question this morning. I was sitting out back here before I came up front to preach, and I had three people come up and say, Oh, George, you preaching or Doug preaching? I said, I'll preach it. Then a little bit later, somebody walked by and said, Oh, you're preaching or Brother Doug I said, They don't want me to preach this morning, apparently. And so finally, about the third person came by and said, Brother George, are you preaching or Doug preaching? I said, why do you ask? I said, well, you don't have your microphone on and you're not ready for it. I said, oh, my microphone. i got to get it. And I just put it on right before I come to the stage. I was back there so excited to preach and so focused on God's Word, I forgot to even put my microphone. I did get dressed today. Amen. I am wearing socks. Amen. And so let's worship Jesus today and have a good time in His name. Amen. That's what we're here for. And God is looking for that church that will stand in the gap, that will stand up when the devil is, looks like he's getting the upper hand. Where it looks like the gates of hell are prevailing against the church, he's looking for some members of the people and body of believers that will stand up and say, that's not what we believe. That's not right. I know you heard it on CNN and NBC, and, and, and I know they preach the truth, amen, but that's not what we believe. I don't believe what the TV says. I believe what the Word of God says and what He has for the church and what we're meant to be. And there's a lot of people who give the church a bad rap. Amen? There's a lot of people that say, I don't go to church. I run into it all the time as a pastor. I don't go to church no more when I was growing up. We got hurt. I don't go there no more because of so-and-so deacon. And, and, and my mom and dad used to go here. I don't go here. And I'm sitting going, listen, guys, that's all fine and dandy, but I don't go because of the deacon. I don't go because of the preacher. I am a preacher, so i got to be here. But if I wasn't preaching, I don't go just for the preacher. I go because of the love of God and the passion that's in my heart that he died on the cross for me and gave me eternal life. And listen, it's my ob- obligation to give back to one that gave so much to me. I mean, that's why we give. That's why we serve. It's because of the love that was shed upon us on the cross. So if you're here today and, and you may be looking for a church, you may be coming here and listen, that means we're not a perfect church. Come on and join us. We'll mess you up. I mean, we're not perfect. But God is wanting a church, and I believe a church needs to be some real people. Not a bunch of people that come in on Sundays to wear suits and ties and dress up, talk about the religious lingo, shake each other's hands, we sing three songs, sing up an offering, go out and say, oh, what's the glorious time? 
Nobody was broken. Nobody was saved. Nobody lost an hour. Nobody shed a tear. Nobody felt the presence of God, but it was a glorious day. That's a glorious day in a building. Amen? When God shows up, you'll know when He shows up. You won't have to ask for God's presence in that place today. You will know without a shadow of doubt when God comes to church. And God is looking for a church that will stand in the gap, that will stand up for people that are hurting. For people that have been hurting other churches. And then, for people that have been divorced and been hurt, been abused, just as had to, maybe they had a terrible childhood and being brought up. And hey, the church is, we're here. We, we should be here for the community too, church. When we see needs in the community, we should try to help best that we can. Amen? This is one thing I remember when I first came to Pleasant Hill. Is when I first came here, and if you believe it or not, that was Pleasant Hill right back there. That sound system wasn't there. It was one little place that had the pews right there. And I remember, I love that old floor. There was one spot. I'd get to preaching and I could stop and I'd do like this here. And when I do like this, I'd see somebody on the left hand side over there. It was great, man. They just, they supported me. They loved me. I could jump up and down and he'd shake over there. He's going, Amen. Amen. That old floor had some alien boards in it, amen. But it was, we had great times in there, and God blessed us. We were able to build and, and to move in here, and God's continually, over the years, blessed, and it's still, even today, sending new people into this church box. But I, I, I remember being in the little part of the church with just a handful of people. And it doesn't matter if you have a handful or you have a house full. You, you, you can't have church without God's presence. With God's love and His power, you can't have church without none. I have to pray every time before I speak in front of y'all, Lord, give me the words you say that will be of you. Because it won't take very long and you know whether they're of me or of God. Lord, give me a fresh word, a new word, an exciting word that someone's heart will be stirred up and will cause them to get up and to stand in the game. That will get up to come to church more than once a month. Or once every six months. Or just on Easter. Amen? Easter's coming up. We're going to have a whole lot of What about when Easter's over? I hope we have a hat out of school. Amen? God is wanting some more than just on holidays. He's wanting us to be all in. When we leave here, that God goes home with us. Amen? God wants us to be all in. It's kind of like the story I read this week about the pig and the chicken. They were walking down the street, and they come up to this meat shop and egg and the store. And the chicken looks up, and they look up and say the sign says, In meat, in desperate need of eggs and ham. The chicken looks up and says, We really need to help the store. We need to help this manager with this. You know, I'm a chicken, you're a pig. He goes, Oh, no, no. You're crazy. He says, What do you mean? He says, I ain't helping him. We need to help them, he said. For you, that's easy for you, chicken. It's just a contribution. To me, I've got to be all in. Amen? And that's the way we view our spiritual walk sometimes. We give up. And here and there. God wants to, he wants to, he wants to be all in. He wants to go whole hog on Amen? Not just a contribution. He wants to really experience Jesus in a real way. He wants us all in. 
And I know we all make commitments, amen, and, and vows with our mouth. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start going to that church. I'm going to start doing this. And God really, you know, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing when we meet as a church body how much God puts in your heart? I can see y'all's wheels are turning when I'm preaching, man. I mean, God's putting it in there and He's revealing things to you. He's going, I, I know I can do that. I like to be a dog here. God, you want to use them here. But when we leave these doors, that we forget that we're still the church that needs to be all here. Because it's so easy when we walk out these doors that the devil gets us busy. I guarantee you, as soon as you get out of these doors, y'all phones are going to start ringing. Amen? Because people are going to start calling after 12 o'clock. Because that's the typical 12 o'clock service. But if they're the hill, they don't have to call at 12 o'clock. Amen. And then that door preaches that long. We talk outside. Hey, listen, guys, I, I, I can finish at 12 o'clock every Sunday. But if our altar call goes 30 minutes, praise God. Amen. You're out of your mind if you think I'm going to go up there and shut off service in the middle of an altar call because it's 1225. All I say is don't eat roast. Go out and eat. Amen? Don't even try to crock pot at Pleasant Hill. Just go eat. Go through the drive-thru. Do something. But when God's in the house and He's moving and convicting and people are shedding tears on the altar and burdens are being lifted, I'm not going to stand up here and say, let's dismiss. God, we need more of you in this house, more of you in our lives, more in my marriage, my family. I don't care what time it is. I want you. I want to be all in. For once, I want to go all in on something. That's with you, Jesus. Because you went all in for me. You see, here's the first step of our church. Really experiencing a, a wave of God in here. I mean... Wouldn't it be great if so many people were so excited about God and, and what God was doing in our church body that they were standing up in the back? Wouldn't that be something? I know that's not really, you know, I mean, I know what And look, if God's in the house, He will. You'll crawl down that aisle and get a seat somewhere. If God's in there and moving and His presence to be felt, you don't mind standing. People you said to me all the time when I was at the little church at Alamo. Remember that, Rick? I ain't nobody goes to Alamo church. I ain't no driver. But they will have God's in the house. That showed me real quick that people will drive when it's taking the God. I mean, that was eight miles of dirt road. Beating the stainless. There's a lot of fun in the back though, real quick. Amen. And when we get lined up, when we line ourselves up with God, we start seeing Him move in our lives, our families, in our church body. To be all in, we've got to line up with God, though. And when I was studying about this this week, about being lined up with God, and when we're lined up, we experience His will, we experience His presence, we experience God working through us. You actually hear the voice of God. You actually hear Him speak. You actually feel Him convict you. Growing and as I was thinking about this week back, when I was uh, in high school, my dad had a 1976 Chevy Love truck. You ever seen it? That's not the end of the sermon. Don't laugh. I still got more sermon. I just got to hurry. Here we go. 
Here's God's alignment plan. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. Now, women, don't growl. I can hear that. And the head of Christ is God. This is God's plan. Man's head is Christ. Woman's head is man. And Jesus Christ's head is God the Father. That's, that's the perfect alignment for you to be all in and see God move. You say, well, Brother George, I... Now, listen, there's exceptions. I, I understand if men won't lead and men won't go to church and men won't be the spiritual head of their house, then, woman, you need to bring your kids to church. Amen? Because, listen, men, you need to teach your kids, don't just send them, lead them. If men will start leading and quit sending, quit, don't do as I do, don't do as I say. What's that saying? Don't do as I do, do as I say. That's it. Is that it? Well, it's a new one. I just made it up. Deal with it. But I want you to know, that's what Paul is saying. I want you to know, church. If you want me to move and, 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 and have an anointed church and a powerful church and, and see God move and be in unity, there's got to be an alignment there. Number one, church, God is the head of this church. Jesus is the head. He's the cornerstone of everything that is built spiritually in your life is Jesus Christ. When I'm a pastor and a shepherd of this church, but Jesus, listen, Jesus is the head. Now, when you fall down off of that, it says that, here's a big one, this one, that you see, women, that man, that woman's head is the man. And I, and I truly believe that a woman does not worry about that, does it care about anything, as long as her man's being a spiritual, spirit-led man. If he's leaving, you won't hear no complaining from your spouse. Amen. But if you're here, man, you need to go to church with us and see you come up here with us. I mean, you need to see what God's doing. I ain't going to die, y'all. It's going to continue on your head, man. And it needs to be. Because don't just send them, lead them. That's why there's a lot of shaking going on. Because when we don't get this right, the church is out of line, the city's out of line, the country's out of line, the whole world is out of line. Because nobody is subject to the head, which is Jesus, number one. When you get that right, everything flows out of that, everybody can't. He said, well, look, I can't get my husband to come to church. That's why you see me every Sunday sitting here with me and the two kids and three boys. And, and I applaud you, ma'am. Keep on coming to church. Keep on the firing line. You keep, if he can't be the head, you be the head for a while. Make him the head, amen. Come on with them. If they won't come to church, you come with them. But in the end, the ultimate alignment plan was Jesus Christ when he was on this earth. Jesus never did nothing without seeking the approval and the, the guidance of God, his Father. One time the disciples come back to him and said, It's my meat to be the will of Father. In the garden, before the cross, just a few hours, not my will be done, but yours be done, Lord. He was constantly praying that. He, he knew that he, in Luke chapter 7, there was a centurion that had a servant that was badly sick. 
and he couldn't hear service. He had since he had service. He still said, go, 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 Jesus, find Jesus, tell Jesus, he don't have to come back to you. He don't have to lay a hand on his touch and ability. He still didn't speak the words and where he's at to heal my service. And when I read this the first time, I said, most people would want Jesus to come there and lay your hands on the, on the young servant and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. But this centurion knew an authority and a power greater that a lot of people at that time didn't know. He said, Jesus can heal and don't have to be there. When you're under God's authority, you get that right. When you align yourself up and get yourself under authority, that hand means others. When you get under the covering, I've used this a lot, but man, I love this. When you get under the covering of God, there's a lot goes on in that covering. I mean, man, there's a lot that happens inside the covering. When you're under the covering, man, inside this covering right here is peace and confidence and the presence of God and, and the joy of God and, and salvation here. Eternal life under this covering, but you're under the hand. Maybe you don't feel them fiery darts like you used to feel, amen? I mean, maybe it's like mosquitoes above your window. There's no need to fall off. Because you're under, there's a, listen, there's a lot of stuff, spiritual battles that you don't go through and feel because you're under covering. But here's what most of us do. We get outside the covering and say, Jesus, I can lead this, I can build this, I can preach this, I can teach this, I can lead this. And boy, it feels like fiery dogs teaching you everywhere. Oh, I mean, you're just, it's just, there's no peace. It's, it's constant chaos. And you say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. Well, what do I need to do? He says, you need to surrender your will and be all in with it. Because you're not all in or you can win my cup. I'm the head. Man, Christ is the head of man, man's the head of woman. The head of Jesus was his heavenly father. How did Jesus do powerful things? He's the son of God, yes. But he also stayed under the cover. Under the force. That's when the Roman guard said Jesus can speak the word because Jesus was miles away from his house. And Jesus said, no, I want to come to his house. But my servant said, you, my master said that uh, you can just speak the word and heal his servant right where he's at. And Jesus went ahead and come on to his house. But Jesus could have spoke a word 25, 30 miles away and said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And that man could have raised up right here. Why? Because Jesus believed in the covenant. He was under God's will and God's authority. Yes, he was the son of God, but he's also trying to show us his example to be powerful to stay under God's authority. He just spoke the word in him. He went there and healed him. Because when, uh, when, uh, when, when Jesus comes to the centurion's house, he says, Master, you're, on, you're not even worthy to come under my rooftop. You can just speak the word. But you have to come in. Jesus said, I have found no greater faith than this man right here in all of Israel. And the disciples were I'm with you here today. What about me, Jesus? Nope, not even you, Jesus. I mean, he's saying, well, how does he greater faith than us? Because he knows the level of, he knows the headship and lordship of Jesus Christ. He knows what it means to be on the lordship of Jesus, that I could have spoke 25 miles away and spoke and that to him. He knows that he's a decision. He has people under him, he's their boss. Under them, they've got boss. But over him, he also has got a boss. 
when he knows to be lined up and he has the right authority, he's got to stay in line with his people, with his boss, with people under him. So he says, Jesus Christ, the centurion knew that Jesus Christ was under the Lord's cover. And man, we've got a church that's under this covering. Great things will happen that don't normally happen to other churches. There will be healings. There will be things, people being saved. There will be baptisms. There will be many vacations. There will be people stepping up in church. There will be people wanting to be plugged in, wanting to help, wanting to serve. Because because. But once we throw the covering away and think we're going to run this church on our own ability, what becomes the fourth fall? Pride. That's why we get rid of this pride. Pride speaks in. See, the beginning of wisdom... The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And we've got to line ourselves up, but we also got to learn how to fear God. Amen? We live in a country. We live in a lot of churches. And maybe even some folks in here that really don't fear God. Amen? How does God's Word, how does the Holy Spirit, how does God's presence affect your life outside this building? How does it affect you? Are you still casual? No, I don't care. Kind of like me on a bypass you this stuff. I was going to the hospital from here. So Brother Douglas, I'll see you tomorrow. I got to go to the hospital. There's a surgery in this. And I'll just sit you back here tomorrow. He said, all right, I'm going to study. i got to finish up this and go. I got on the bypass. And, man, I had the radio on. There was a preacher preaching over there that I liked. And I was listening to him. The harder he preached, the more my foot would go down. I mean, he had preached, and I'd get it more again. And I looked around, I'm doing 80 miles an hour on the bypass. Don't say a word. And I was doing 80, man, I was cruising. I had my hand up there, and I was listening to this, and I switched over to music, and I was listening to gospel music. And I was this man on the table. I had Caleb, and I had to listen to this. It was warm days before all of this stuff. I ain't gonna say snow because y'all already mad at Before the stuff came, it was back in like 70 degrees. I had my arm on the window. I was a cruise about 80. And I was sitting there just getting along. And there was a, there was a slow lane there, you know, there was a line of traffic. I said, I'm coming this fast lane. I'm not about to get behind there. And as I was going up through there and I was looking at cars, all of a sudden I noticed one up in front of all the ones that were following me was black and white. I'm gonna tell you. The presence of a policeman will slow you down. Hey, man, you ought to see me. I was sitting back in casual, man, cruising 80, had the radio on. See that black and I mean, there's something about people know what police are. When they see anything that's black or white, you get pulled. Oh, my God, there's a cop. Hey, man, you do it too. Don't sit there. You'll hang on. Take it off. Join the story. You'll enjoy it. And so as I was driving... It's like a total different person was driving my car. I went from casual with the radio on, kicked back with my arm over here to sit up straight in the seat, roll the wind up, turn the radio down, both hands on the wheel. Ten and, what is it, ten and uh, two. Yeah. And then when I got up by him and started passing, I just said, oh, amen. I was scared to look at it. Amen. I don't know what it is. They look like humans. They look like us. But it's like my neck was stiff, and I went, how you doing? 
And boy, he come out, he got in front of me, then he got over in the right lane again. And I said, no way, I'm, I'm not passing that dude. There was a little voice in my head that said, that's him. I said, that's a cop. So I'm just driving there, and I, I, I'm going 10 below the speed of Should be in the slow lane, but I, I'm not passing. We got down to the cloud exit. He hit his blinker, and soon as he hit his blinker, a whole new force come over there. I'm glad that dude's gone, man. Let's get back. Turn the radio up, man. Roll the window down. Here we go. Soon as he got off, I, I quit kissing up. I relaxed and went back to my normal old self. That's the problem we have in the church and the children of God. As long as God's around, His presence around, we're straightened up. Oh, we're praying, we're we're intense, we're seeking Him. But when we leave the building, it's like, oh man. God's presence has a way of changing people. That's how it changes the atmosphere. Sets it up for people to be saved. If we come in here and it's a casual service and we're not fearing God, Amen. God's not going to move. If we got people sleeping, nobody sleeps in the I love it now for they come in. They'll come in Greg, and they'll say, I'm going to let you know I'm on So if I get a little dozy, if it doesn't, I'm in. I say, okay, that's fine, love you, baby. Take your meds, what you need. I'm going to keep preaching the same as I am. But when we come in and we've got that, we're intense and we're sticking in that, and we have the knowledge, that's wisdom, of knowing that when we should be going, this is God's house. God's house! Amen? Reverence. Fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord is two things. It is fear and dread, which means to be afraid. Amen? And I know what you're saying. I don't want to be afraid of my God. You need a little bit of fear and dread and you want to take I was afraid of my daddy. When I got in public school, when I got home, I knew my little blessed church was getting tore up. Because he says, you get a pat in school, you're going to be one and hope. Pull him in. That's what it is. I knew if I got a spanking when mom was at home, she'd come home and then she had to tell him for some reason. Well, she told him, he said, right, boy, come in here. I got one from him. That's just the way it was. was but he said, what's this you straight lunch? Is that dread and care of him coming home? Amen. I'm telling y'all, the dread and care of my dad set me out of some good part of my view. Get me out of some parties and places I didn't need to be when I was in high school. Amen. Get me from a crowd of people that I didn't need to be hanging around. You say, man, you had that. Oh, man, I ain't messing with this. Amen. I, I ain't messing with him now. He's 70 years old. But I knew if I was like, I knew if I got it to else, I'd get him home. Bread and hair. But along with that came something else I had for my dad. Respect and reverence and awe. Combine them two together, and that's what we should have in God. Reverence and awe of Him. That's why I'm saying when God's presence in this place, it changes your whole makeup. You, you, you stand up, you start to stand, you don't just sit back and halfway through all the things you I mean, God's presence in this place, and you're good. Let's sing, King. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. 
I need some manna from heaven. God, I've had a rough week. Hey, Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I, sometimes I can't wait for a son to get to the meeting. Because I get attacked, I get thrown on the bus, I get run over just like you do. And I said, man, I can't wait to preach this word that God made in my heart. Because, man, that's the best part of my week. Because when I get to study, and I'm in there writing just as fast as God gives me stuff. And, and, man, I'm not kidding. Sometimes the hair just stands up on my arm. I ain't kidding. I'll be writing. Come on, man, this is going to be a good word this week. I can't wait to be with my church body and preach. I can't wait to see this so-and-so. She has surgery. She's going to be there this Sunday. I'm going to get that great old hug. Amen. I can't wait for so-and-so. They've been out of town, but they're going to be back. She'll be coming in there with a hug. I can't wait for this case to get healed up. There's a pie coming my way. Amen. It's exciting to be a child of God. To be part of a church body that loves Jesus, great things happen. And if that's not happening in your life, then you need to stop, be still, and fix it today. Amen. You know? Amen. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, teach us how to stay under your covering this week when we here. Lord, your presence is here this morning. And Lord, we've got a great church body and a church that's all in, and more people are getting all in. There's more that need to step up in this church. They need to step up as leaders of their house. They need to step up and lead their wives and their kids to church. But Lord, help keep us under that cover. When we say a lion with Jesus, we're under that cover. Under that cover is authority and power. And you fight a lot of our battles that we never know even come back. But Lord, whoever is here this morning that needs this word, if they're not stepping up, if they're not doing what they need to do, Lord, I, I pray that you would your presence would surround them this morning. They would be like me on the bypass. You straighten up in their seat and say, That's God speaking. That's God drawing me to come into his presence this morning. You may be here as a burden. You may want to pray for your family, pray for this church. Whatever it is, you may want to join this church. You may be here not know Jesus Christ and His Lord Savior. It's not about being a member that gets you to heaven. It's about a relationship. It's about calling upon His name, Jesus Christ, to save you because He died on the cross and you're But that's something you've got to do personally. Nobody in this church can save you. Only the saving power and the blood of Jesus can do that and call for you see, here's what's happening. We need a church that's broken and they invite the presence of God in this place. So I pray today, Lord, you have your way in this invitation, whether it goes five minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, Lord, speak. The pleasant heal, the church body, the, the church, speak to our hearts. To everyone that's in this room, I pray they'll leave in this morning. God spoke to you, Amen. Lord, come and invite you. Have your way. In Jesus' name,